All right, welcome back to another Red Cedar Wrap. This week, Matt and I talk about the win out in Northwestern. Then we talk about IU coming in for that preview. Get a couple questions answered on what do we think about Lewerke, the run game, great defense. Uh, And then we go into and look at the rest of the schedule for the Spartans. As always, here we go. Your Spartan Marching Band. All right, Matt. Back after a nice W. After Northwestern game. Who was the Spartan MVP of this week's game against Northwestern? <laughs> um, the defense. But no, and in particular, it had to be Joe Bocci. You saw him get the player of the week in the Big Ten. I mean, that guy, he balled out of control this weekend at interception. I think two pass breakups, 14 tackles, something like that. That guy was unreal. But the defense as a whole played, you know, Coach D talked about being perfect in the uh, press conference last week to the defense, and they pretty much came out and did that for at least the first three quarters when they had all of the starters in. Yeah. And add in an interception, fourth in his career, add in uh, multiple times where I was watching the game going, oh, my gosh, he's he's everywhere. I mean, some <laughs> tackles where you thought could just be an arm tackle breakaway, he made them. Is all over the field. From the first play of the game, he I rewatched the game today, and it was like from the first play to the last play he was in, he was all over the place. Uh, we could touch on that. We can try and talk about. We'll start with the defense, but we liked them first. Then we can go to the offense just to kind of set up that way. Defensively, obviously we said Joe Bocci, the front two of Panashuk, Mike, and Raekwon. I mean mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. So if you just watch those two dudes, it's like you just, they just push. They pretty much like pushed the line over. <laughs> like they're just pushing the dudes through, <laughs> always getting uh, penetration and really pushing the uh, Northwestern backs either into they were coming right into the pile or pushing them outside, and they were just containing them and not letting them get any yards. Uh, Josiah Scott with a nice interception. Oh, my gosh. That interception well. was amazing to watch. I yeah. mean, that's athletic ability times 10. I mean, game changer for sure. Going into – Northwestern was going – I mean, that was a third and 20, I think, and they picked mm-hmm. it off. But that really gave us a good field position to get that final drive of the half. Which was nice because right before that drive, I mean, we went punt, 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 three and outs in a row. Yeah. And that 11-play drive to cap the halftime. Because, I mean, we had that that first drive that we've had almost every game where we drive in, you're like, wow, our offense can actually move the ball. And then it's drive two, three, four, five that always makes you a little upset. But – Again, thanks to our defense and Josiah Scott's amazing ability to get that interception, put you in such a great position to get that last drive to go up 14. Yeah, that first half was frustrating. He touched on it on the offense. They come out, first drive of the game, move the ball at ease, put in quick seven with Eli Collins on the on the, uh, on the run. He really fought through two or three tackles and got in. Big pass to Cody White to get us down there to start the drive, and then they went four possessions in a row three and out after that yep. but in between there which i thought was a huge but touching back on the defense was that goal line stand at the one. Oh my gosh yeah 
I mean, terrible by Cody White to fumble the ball on the punt. We, we had to force three and out after we scored seven. Then they punt it to us. He does a couple moves. The ball pops out. Northwestern gets a couple flags to get him down. And that's and that's also the, like the momentum swing. I mean, how quickly do we shift momentum? I mean, we go awesome drive down the field, get a score. You're like, wow, all right, we can move the ball. Then we get an awesome defensive stop. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get the ball and do it again. And then that happens. It's like the complete shift of momentum. If yeah, if he didn't drop the ball on the punt, that was and we went down and scored seven again. It would have been game over from the, the first quarter. But and that would and that would have been promising going into Big Ten play after the ASU game. Going and you'd be like, all right, rebuild confidence. Let's go. Not saying that this game didn't do that already because you know, a little bit of confidence built in. You know, still again close to that nine and three in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to make some plays happen. And honestly, after we'll get into the schedule here, but looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean. The Wisconsin game is ten times more scarier now than it was before. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. But yeah, the first, it is the key to score on the first drive and the last drive of halves is big, and they end up doing that. The touchdown going into half of fourteen three really changed the outlook of the game because they were really struggling offensively. We're really struggling there in the middle of the half. I mean, it was I was pulling my hair out sitting there watching the game. We couldn't. <laughs> The workers stolen balls into the ground. We're a bunch of penalties, which is continues to happen with this team. The amount of penalties this team has taken is getting somewhat concerning. It's they need to be more disciplined on that side of the ball. Yeah, five penalties, forty-seven yards. It just put us, yeah, disadvantage. But, but I think they were at like crucial times in all, a majority in the first half, anyways. Yeah. So that was huge. I mean, Stewart had a huge catch on third and sixteen on that last drive. Is the first half, and that was that was huge. Is Stewart turning into the Tony Lippett, the 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 go to, the freak? Yeah, I mean, coach always says, right? You, you have a good season. Your seniors got to have the best year of their career, and Daryl's doing that on, uh, offensively. Big time catches, run after catch. He's really stepping up, and he is he has become one hundred percent the go to guy for for Brian when he's under pressure or needs a quick first down, uh, needs to move the chains. He's always looking for Daryl. How did you think that, like overall impressions of Lewerke? How do you think he did? Like, is it is it acceptable? Is it good? Is it what you thought? Like, where where is he now after Game Four? You know, I've had a lot of excuses for a lot of other things, but we haven't really kind of dissected Lewerke yet. Yeah, I what think do you he think? kind of is what he is. You know, he has <laughs> – it's – he had a good, better game than I expected him to have against Northwestern, although he has done well against Northwestern in the past. But good throws. Major, you know, went back and looked at the game. He had a lot of good throws. The ones to, to Seibert for touchdowns, the throws to Cody White. Um, he had to go with the Julian Barnett as well, including the ones of Daryl that we already talked about. Some good throws, but he still he still misses them. You know, he still misses a lot of throws that he's kind of always missed throughout his career. You know, whether it's just throws one into the ground or kind of skies him here and there. He's not he's not a tactician. I would say he's not going to go out there and go twenty five for thirty. He's gonna have his misses, but that's just kind of how who he is. You know, he's kind of the gunslinger in that way. So, it wasn't a bad game against Northwestern. He was kind of what he has been his whole career when he's healthy at Michigan State. And that's and and that's what I like about it, right? I knew what we're kind of getting in after last year. You're like, okay, he's no Connor Cook. 
He's no Kirk Cousins. He can handle himself. He can win games. But when you play the four games that we've had so far, that that could get that's enough to get it done. But then you look at the next cup's kind of schedule when you go after IU, you know, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, and then, you know, even though Michigan had a bad week this week, it's not like they won't show up for our game as they always do. So four games where those errant, you know, over the head passes, which, you know, aren't too bad here and there, have to reduce to be even come close to go five hundred against those four teams. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. We'll have to We'll have to reel in a little bit for those games. Um, that's hopefully something he can do. I think I like about him, you know, he is running more um, when he doesn't see anything, but he's also going down when he needs to go down. Like, if there's nothing there, yep. he's going to get drilled. Like, hey, there's one play, I think, uh, he, they, we were in the red zone, it might have been the third quarter, where it was an RPO, he kept it, went to the left, and there was, like, three guys right there, and I was just like, just go down, and he did. <laughs> he just slid, like, right at the line of scrimmage. I'm like, hey, that's what you got to do. We cannot let him go out with injury. No. Last year, he tried to play through it all, and you can see how that turned out. He needs to take the run when there's there. You know, he had a good few sneaks. He moved the chains a couple of times with runs, but when it's not there, he's, you know, he's going to get hit. Just go down. It's it's sometimes hard for guys like Brian that have the will to you know know they can keep running and take a hit to get the first down, but you don't want him to do that. And he's he's being smarter this year, for, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, overall, eighteen for thirty-three, uh, not as great as you would want it to be, but two hundred twenty-eight yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's a huge difference from last year. I mean, no interceptions. That's a big thing. Turnover game, as we said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be a huge factor and we knew our defense is going to be able to do it, but how does our offense change that? And I mean, the one uh, turnover last uh, week was the Cody white muff punt. And that wasn't yeah. even on the offense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a big difference and difference maker. Yeah. You saw like this past week, speaking of turnovers, we had less yards offensively this week against Northwestern by like, I don't even know, like 80 yards or something like that like 80 less yards, but we were just more efficient in the red zone, putting ball in the end zone. So instead of scoring seven points like we did last week against Arizona State, we put up 31. Also huge from our defensive, they, have, they turned the ball over. You know, two turnovers, the uh, interception by Beasley there. When we got the ball on their side then at the 30-yard at the line of Northwestern, we punched it in. So like when we get short fields this game, we put it in the end zone, which is a big difference in you know, my prediction is last week when I said we would lose the Northwestern, thirteen to six. That was of my maybe I was short sighted in saying this team just doesn't have it offensively. You know, I think we're really making our our predictions passionately against the game before. I mean, we went into ASU thinking that was going to be you know ten times higher scoring, and then we realized yeah. what our offense is, and we go much lower in against Northwestern. Like you said, it's somewhere in the middle. Like I'm still not 100% sold on this team being a good offensive team. When there's lulls like that, we talked about already in the first half where they can't move the ball. You know, we'll see. Exactly. I mean, we'll see. It's good to see them put up in the 30s, but I'm still not 100% sold on on the offense. Uh, one area of expertise, you know, one of the things that kind of helps us keep in the games is the special teams, and. Uh, heartbreaker, heartbreaker. He is fantastic when it comes uh, to flipping the field. I mean, 60-plus yards. That's one thing's great. Our kick returning is getting a little better, minus that muff uh, punt by Cody White. Um, 
those are there. But one of the things that was always kind of surefire for a little while was field goal kicking. And Coughlin misses another one uh, in the early of the second quarter. And that was kind of like, okay, now we got to get this kid some confidence because there will be a lot of kicks coming in in the future. Uh, when you think about this red zone offense, are we going to really score on a defense like Wisconsin? Um, are we really going to convert as much against Ohio State? So one of the key factors I think going forward is going to be getting his confidence up. Now, when we go into IU, does he drill him? Does he get it? This is the one game to start picking that back up. Yeah, he needs to hit one from like 40. You know, he got that one late in the game against Northwestern, but it's only a 26-yarder. Good, It's good for him to see it go through. You know, it's kind of like a, a shooter in basketball hitting a free throw, right? It's just like you're having a bad night, see one go in. So that was good to see have him hit, hit a uh, field goal that went in. But he needs to hit one that kind of matters, hit one from deep to get that confidence back because it's – you can just see it in him, right? I mean, you saw it. Like when he missed it from forty, it was kind of like head down. Yep. He didn't even like really drive through the ball. It kind of just swung at it, and you saw it just drift right. So, yeah, I don't know what it was. He, I mean, he's as they say. I mean, he had plenty of kicks in. He's a solid kicker. I'm not writing him off yet. I'm not putting no. any pressure on him no. yet. But it, it, it's one of those swings where if you don't get out of that, that can stay for a long time. Yep. Um, and you got about one more game where I think I'm confident enough to say you could miss one more and, and really get out there. Uh, but when it comes into the next, you know, the, the the heart of the schedule, we can't have any misses here. We got to yep. rely on you because every point's going to count in those games. Yeah, for sure. And touching the offense one more time before we move on. O-line was functional this oh, game. <laughs> yeah. I can say they're outstanding. They're functional. Higby played. Functional. Functional. Higby actually played pretty well. Um, at left tackle, which I'm pleasantly surprised by. Give him credit for for changing yeah, over for sure. I mean, Reed had a couple you know, blown assignments. Reed got say, beat a couple times, but definitely. Yeah, that's what they're kind of expecting here with this with this team. Where they're kind of you know patchworking it together. You're not going to expect them to be flawless, but they were definitely a functional unit on on Saturday. And we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Eli Collins. That guy, <laughs> that guy falls forward every time. I mean, every time, every time there's a couple, you know, that one screen pass that we had talked about before we got on here where he cut the ball behind the last scrimmage by like five yards, two guys <laughs> run on his big cut gets 10 yards. Everyone you know? has got a picture of that. I love it. I've seen it all yeah. over Twitter of like, he's behind at 13 yards to the first down and two guys right there in perfect position. And he splits them. He has the vision. It just makes me wonder, like, was that not there? In camp, like what? Yeah. Like why did it take? I mean, I know he got him against Western, so he's really starting picking it up. But like, do you the think fact that he is, wasn't the starter from week one? Is like, do you think this stems from like a, a D'Antonio loyalty guy, and, and not necessarily just D'Antonio, but going that it rubs off onto the coaching staff thing? Yeah, I'm to an extent, to Hayward for loyalty. sure. I mean, it took four games for him to get the the lead carry. I mean, seventeen carries this week, but it took him four weeks, and yeah. we knew by week two. We knew by week two. So yeah, like week but, one almost we like really get yeah, Eli just has the vision, but I mean they they were gonna go into the season playing four anyway. But yeah, I'm glad they have now gone. Well, it's also promising that it's it's the uh, redshirt freshman and the next guy getting the next carries is the true freshman and yeah. so that's positive when you look at it in the span of the next two three yeah, years down the road for sure. 
you know? For sure. It's, you know, we still saw Hayward up there a couple times. You know, could see less of him still. I mean, I'm not enamored with him at all. But, but I also think, like, you know, we can give the end of the season, we'll say a lot of things. You know, it really oh, yeah. d- depends on how the season plays out, how many wins we get, how happy we are with the season. And it will always go back to that coaching shift. And I will say, in the coaching defense, they changed a lot. And I'm happy with it. You know, it doesn't mean that we are where I want us to be right now, and I don't think our offense is perfect. But, man, they are running way more shotgun spread, RPOs, um, screens. I, it just it, It's much more fresh, new concepts instead of just pound the ball for a second down and hope we get a third down yeah. long. There's definitely more cautious optimism around the program now, even after one week. Um, we may have over – I mean, I definitely may have over um, exaggerated the problems. <laughs> so let's say we're, you know, Big Ten championship caliber at this moment, but it gives us a fighting chance when we go to Columbus in two weeks cause after we get, you know, done with this IU game, which is – it's a big game. You know, every game for this team, the team is going to be big because they need to get to that minimum eight win nine game you know a win minimum is for this team at this point there could be from the east division a one or two loss big 10 in the in the championship game i think there's gonna we be a talk lot about of, that when we get to the ohio, the ohio state stuff i don't know if, we, if that's true or not <laughs> i don't know i mean i get it i get it ohio state and i still said they were going to be 12 and 0 going into the season i agree with you there but if they take one purdue game like last year or yeah. they take this state game Oh, are are they they're playing Wisconsin at Wisconsin or no, I don't know. No, they get them at home. All right, so they get home. they get majority of their good games at home, but still. I mean, you take one of them, how much of other teams are beating up on other teams? I mean, yeah, you throw I mean, you in never I mean, Michigan's going to have a couple wins in there. Penn State's going to have a couple wins in there. Wisconsin could roll. Iowa's in there. So, I it's early. It's too early. <laughs> it's too early, but Ohio State looks – we'll touch on that at the end of the podcast and obviously next week's, but they look unreal. Yeah. Let's shift over to Indy. IU. By the way, heard that they party like no other. They've got the little 500. Uh, it's like a week-long full bicycle 500, and it's literally every day I've just – yeah, drinking. I've heard. I even heard the tailgating scene for their t- football team is actually pretty decent compared to like how the talent is on the field. So that they definitely like the party at IU. Good for them. I'm very jealous. <laughs> um, so it's kind of nice going back home, Spartan Stadium. Uh, three games at home. Go away, get a nice road win. Road wins always tough, especially for Northwestern. Um, and then come home and, and take on a team. Um, that I said earlier this season could be a threat. I mean, they are three and one. They played Ohio State, got destroyed by Ohio State, but that is obviously expected of it, right? This team coming in is a passing threat, you know, averaging 300 plus yards in the air, uh, coming and getting 33 points on average, and they only let up 19 points. So now. Those are statistics majorly based on three games against like Ball State. Yeah, they haven't really played anybody other than yeah. Ohio State, but no. But w- what I've always felt that IU comes in with a great passing offense and always can sling the ball against us. And that's one thing is 
when we have we have top talent defense, but if we don't get to this quarterback, which I believe we will, but if there are drives that we don't, they can start picking us apart. Uh, and that's what I'm scared of getting long ball plays. So it's really going to come back to that line, which again, one of the best in the country. So we should be okay on making sure Ramsey gets a little bit of pressure in the backfield. If Ramsey's one playing, we'll see. That's true. It's a game time decision. Their starter, I think it's, I don't even know how you say his name. Penix. Pen, I don't know. <laughs> Michael Penix. P-E-N-I-X. <laughs> so he's the original starter. He's injured. He's a lefty new guy. It's a game time decision they said today in the press conference. It'll be him or Rampy, who we have seen before. Yep. As you said, throwing the ball downfield, they, we are susceptible, susceptible to that against Indiana. Jesus can't even talk. And... Our our cornerback, I mean, especially Butler. I mean, Butler. that guy. He's definitely the weak link of the defense. If we've seen it in the last couple of weeks, I feel like he's got pass, uh, pass interference like every game, or or got a deep ball on him. Yeah, I mean, now, I'm not gonna the occasion. I mean, there's been what three, three crazy big bombs yeah. this season. So I'll take that after four. I mean, that's incredible defense still, but. There is a like if I'm scouting a report for IU, yep, I'm looking at that. I'm definitely throwing a ball deep on Butler. Yeah, I mean, so, so they played Ohio State, lost fifty-one ten. I'm not saying we're Ohio State level offense, not even close to that. But I think we'll be able to move the ball a little bit, um, put some points on the board. They gave it thirty, they gave it twenty-four to Ball State earlier in the year. They didn't give any up to Eastern Illinois, but I mean, how you know Eastern Illinois? I don't know anything about them. UConn. Not the best football program out there. They beat Indiana. Beat them thirty-eight to three. Defensively, as you touched on, our D line should be fine. Their starting left tackle, four-year starter, senior captain at Indiana, out for the season with an injury. You hate to see that because mm-hmm. now, you know, he was the the main guy up there, playing one of the most important positions on the line. RDN should be able to to feast against the backup there. So offensively, should be able to move the ball. I think we'll be able to run uh, run on these guys. I think you'll probably see Eli Collins and Williams split with a few uh, Hayward runs here and there, a little halfback pass, not halfback pass, screens to them. And for the running game, where do you, you know, are we over a hundred this game? With running backs, I should clarify: no Lewerke. rushing yards with running running backs over a hundred yards. Yes, yeah, we will get there. Just over, I think we'll get like to the one twenty mark. Probably pass for around two hundred, and that'd be. And that should be enough. I'm predicting a win this time. Okay, not All a right. blowout. No blowout. I'm gonna go twenty four thirteen. They'll okay. be. We'll be. You know, kind of it controlling for most of the game but will never break away it's not kind so, of our mo to, to break away no not at all so 11 point win is what you're what you're predicting here yeah like so that's not the cover in the line it's I know not it's the four, cover it's a 14 and a half now yeah it's 14 and a half okay. what i've seen i've seen 14 seen 14 and a half uh, that's so high but yeah. then again i thought northwestern eight and a half was so high and that was covered but 14 and a half that's that over two touchdown 17 point I just I don't see it yet. Yeah, got to prove it to me. I, I really don't think we're gonna get there. But I, I am with you. I think we're gonna be at the twenty four mark. 
Um, but I think it'd be closer to like 24-17 with like maybe a late score by Indiana. Okay. Uh, so we'll be in control of this game. Um, but that two-minute offense comes down. You might see an onside kick here and we and yeah. recover. So we agree with that. Yep. Probably, That's what probably a bad sign. All right. Let me ask you this, Matt. We've got where we are, and that'd be game five. Let's look at the schedule remaining now. Yeah, let's run and, it. and kind of like see, you know, I, I went really high with nine and three, and I still think we could get there. Uh, we got to have a lot of things fall our way, though. Um, but if you look at the remaining schedule, uh, right after this, we go to Ohio State. Could probably chalk up an L there. Um, and then we go to Wisconsin. And that's going to be the telltale test. These two games back to back. Do you think we can pull one of them out? Um, yes. <laughs> Ooh, you, usually, super confident. I, I, I would say. I mean, I don't think. I think the one we can pull out, possibly. I mean, we'll see how this next couple of weeks go. Ohio State, I don't see us winning. I guess, I see us showing up and competing. Um, scaring them obviously. The, be one of their, their tougher tests for the year, but a night game in the shoe is just it's a tall task, even for this, you know, good of a defense. I that really want that, to that, o- that Ohio State offense is potent right now. I really want to buy a flight ticket there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean we can run, yeah, and then it's kinda sucks having oh, Wisconsin right after. I mean yeah. the Ohio State game is so big. Win or lose to get up for a second week on oh. a, on the road. We've got to go another hostile environment at Camp Randall. It's gonna be tough, and then we get a bye week, and then Penn State. Penn State at home. We'll see where Penn State is when we play them. I don't know too much about them yet. At least we have them at home because I hate going over there uh, and playing. But and then you hope for you know wins. It's Maryland, Rutgers the end of the season. Michigan game is gonna be huge, and then Illinois. So if we we we, we could only lose two more games into this, I think we could beat Penn State, and I think we could beat. Michigan, and we lose the Ohio State Wisconsin games to get us to nine and three. Now I'm not going to hold myself to that one because you're right. We could come up and win one of those, but I, I, I guess the point I'm making is I still could see us getting to a nine and three season. Am I happy with nine and three though? I think it depends on how we play, who we, just, who those losses are against. Yeah, but even then, just with just knowing in week four with our defense, it just it's so disappointing. Like if you go, say we lose Ohio State and then we lose Wisconsin, so now we're sitting at, but we beat IU this weekend, so you're sitting at what four and three through seven games, and then and then but but then you rip through the end of the season and beat Michigan. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's kind of where I thought ourselves at the beginning of the season. So how can you be mad at something you thought at the beginning of the season? Yeah, but. I, it's It'd be tougher, like, say, we go beat Ohio State, and then you then you get your hopes up now, and then we go lose to a Wisconsin, and then a Michigan. You know, then you're like eh, nine and three, but yeah, the losses are different yeah. after your hope get beat up in a big win in Columbus. And it I all depends on how you, yeah, how we get to that nine and three. Would you be happy with it at this point? Yeah, but I, just even coming off of that, though, right, the beginning of the season, like you really don't know how good the defense is, right? Because you have to see them first. I mean, you knew it was going to be top five, but like really watching. I think you said it. He, during one of the games, you're like, Jake, it's better to watch the defense. It's funner to watch the defense. Like, they're so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, it sucks being on a defense. But you're like, yeah, they're, it's better to watch. It's just – it's hard to see that go to waste and not get to, like, a double-digit win season again. Yeah, I think – yeah. Ten win would be obviously ideal. be very difficult. Nine and three, like I said, depending on how it is, I don't think it, 
I said a waste like before, but I don't know if that'd be a waste. With had, what I've just, seen offensively so far, like true. with having a nine and three season with what we've seen offensively, it may not be a wasted season. I don't it know. Just, we'll see. It's just, just, but just but knowing the future though, knowing what's coming next year and the two next two three years, yeah, rebuild mode. I mean, we can reach the. We can talk about those. Yeah, when that comes, you're right. I guess I'm getting way too ahead of myself. And we're always talking about these big games. You know, they still got to play, still got to go out and compete against Maryland, IU, Illinois, and Rutgers too. But I mean. Those last two games against Rutgers and Maryland, you know, it kind of depends on where the team's at. If we're competing for something, I think those we handle those games with ease. If it's mm-hmm. type of, you know where you lost a couple of games before, motivation that's you know late in the season. Like you saw against last week, last year against Rutgers, you know going to the last game it was freezing cold. They were playing pretty much for nothing. I mean, what were we playing for? Different bowl game. Like who cares at that point? It's a good point. You're still going to a red box bowl or you're going to go to the pinstripe bowl and who really cares at this point you know they're not that good of a bowl so Uh, to have the motivation for that 12th game of the year you never know it's a good point good point indeed well with that i think we can wrap this up for this week uh thanks again for joining us and red sea to wrap uh let us know if you have any comments or anything you'd like to add into you can email us at redseaterwrap at gmail.com uh as always matt go green go white